1: there and welcome back to force perspectives uh for part two of our obi-wan kenobi retrospective i am your host michael cohen and uh and 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 joining me once again we got marty allman uh to uh to to break down some obi-wan kenobi how's how's it going are you you excited to talk more obi-wan
0: absolutely thank you for having me
1: yeah yeah um yeah, man. Uh, last week we talked about part one, uh, uh, naturally, uh, and uh, you know I think it was it was a little bit of a longer episode because we also kind of talked about the the premiere experience and all of that sort of thing as totally. well. Sort of reflecting on that, I think with this one we'll, we'll more so just get straight into it. Um, before we do, really quick, uh, there was some cool. Uh, not that this is a news-ish podcast. This is more uh, us. I. Uh, uh, breaking stuff down but there were there were some great uh images from ahsoka released today and uh and i just i'm curious um your thoughts have you seen them have you seen these two images uh, there were two images yesterday and then there was another one today um which tells me that there's probably more coming this week um but
0: did you see the, the one i saw the inquisitor one if that's what yeah, we were, if we were yeah to. that's the one okay, that i'm yes. talking about so so yesterday yesterday we
1: got a couple of images of of um sabine and ahsoka uh yes. and then today they they dropped an image of um of an inquisitor in the ahsoka series now i just wanted to talk about this briefly because i think it's interesting um and, uh, you know, we can be a little bit topical from now and now from time to time, uh, every now and then, but, it um, also
0: relates to Obi-Wan because there are inquisitors in Obi-Wan. That's,
1: that so. was kind of my thing is it was, I was like, wow, that's really timely considering our conversation last week is like, Oh, Hey, we were just, we were just kind of talking about the inquisitors. Now there's, there's two scenarios here, right? Um, <laughs> because, cause there's a lot of people going like, Oh, there are still inquisitors, at that point in time, that's interesting, right? Because I think that we've gotten the general vibe that by the time that the Death Star is complete, the Inquisitorious is kind of done, right? That's I, I think that's kind of been the um, sort of like an unspoken aspect of it, of like why we never see the Inquisitors like post A New Hope, right? Um, because mm-hmm. obviously, if the Inquisitors were around, they would have been sent after Luke, right? Like, like, like the I, I mean, it, unless Vader was sheltering Luke from the Inquisitors because he doesn't want Palpatine to know about him, right? Um, until until the point where he does know, but um, I mean the in the in the comics continuity, he knows almost immediately after the battle of y- i mean like i guess it depends on which of the comics we're considering canon if we're talking about the actual like star wars like like uh, the marvel star wars what is that like 15. 2017? Is, does it start in 2015 2017 is just starting 2015 2015 yeah yeah um if we're going based on that like literally that like later that day or whatever because um the Empire launches an assault on Yavin 4 before they can retreat, and Luke fights Vader on Yavin 4 in that comic book. I have said this before, and I will continue <laughs> to say it. That's absurd. It makes no sense. It uh, Especially in light of Rogue One now, it definitely makes no sense um, if we see what Vader is capable of in Rogue One. Uh, at that, so like literally, lit again, literally, like within a couple of days of these events, right? Like this is all, this all kind of happens within, you know, like like a week. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, a couple weeks tops.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, like it's oh, it takes this long to travel through hyperspace. D- don't, don't. That doesn't don't, matter it, in just, Star Wars. It, just get out, <laughs> get out. It take you know how long it takes to travel through hyperspace? As long as it needs to. That's how long. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate it when people want to be like be like, well, actually Luke was training on Dagobah for months because Han and Leia no. <laughs> and Chewie like it was they were going on sublight and so it took them a really long time to get from and it's like you know what? Um it's not Star Trek. This isn't science fiction, right? Like this is the, the, there's no Asimov or Heinlein or Bradbury involved in this. This is uh, uh, space fantasy uh, and it myth. takes as long as it takes yeah um, in any case I I, yeah I, I've always felt that like after because uh, cause Kanan defeats the Grand Inquisitor and without the Grand Inquisitor I feel like the Inquisitories just kind of starts to fall apart and um and and obviously like he then ends up taking out multiple other inquisitors over the course of the series over the course of rebels um we know that cal is also out there just just destroying inquisitors left right and center so you've got like these remaining jedi um just just handling the inquisitors um and there are not that many of them right like i don't i we we are we are led to believe that there are only a handful
0: So we've never really had like a 14th brother or anything. So yeah, they should be like less than 10. I would assume.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Right.
0: So, um, so
1: yeah. So, so one of two things is happening here. Either, either there is still an inquisitor out there um, that's been kicking around for 30 years without anybody knowing Um, or this character is a flashback. Or somebody is starting up the Inquisitorius again. Um, a new Inquisitorius. Now, the character looks an awful lot like the Eighth Brother, who, which is one of the characters from Star Wars Rebels. The Eighth Brother doesn't get a lot of screen time. He, uh, I don't know that the Eighth Brother even has any dialogue ever, I, if I recall. I believe the last time that we saw the Eighth Brother, he was uh, flying away on his helicopter lightsaber um on uh oh man what's that what's the plan malachor um malachor yeah um he he bailed before vader showed up um but
0: it was and- also uh, a malfunctioning lightsaber helicopter so he it was could have it was. died he could have not but he, i you're right it, it looks very similar to him yeah um i have a couple of theories but again it's just like they're just fun theories and uh they're just my personal like check fan checkbox if it would yeah. ever happen um what, what were yours if you had if so you know who the so character is i
1: either if it's not a flashback i would i would be very intrigued if the eighth brother has been kind of kicking around trying to track down ahsoka for the last 20 some odd years right i think that that would be a, like a very interesting storyline of mm-hmm. like he, like since that since the events of that that day um, on Malachor, uh, he's been he's been trying to get revenge. Um, uh-huh. That's a very that's a very dark Jedi Sith thing to do. So that would make sense to me. Um, I mean, I think that the most likely explanation is that it is a flashback of some kind. I but beyond that, this is one theory that I have heard put out there that I think is a little bit I don't know if it's that I think that it's a bad theory not not a bad theory it's a good theory cuz it's worth discussing. I don't know if it's something that like I dislike or if it's something that I think will not work for the story. I I haven't quite I haven't quite worked that out emotionally yet, but there are folks who are like mm, maybe that's Ezra under that helmet. I uh, that yeah. could be it's possible. Okay. I don't want to rule it out, but I hope at the moment, I kind of hope that that's not the case. I do not want to see that Ezra has fallen to the dark side. That's for sure. Um, I think that, that that would really undermine um, the rest of his story, I, I if, if that were the case. but um, But we also, like, we're missing a lot of information. So I don't know. I think, and now here's the thing, if it's not a flashback and it is a present day thing, I think if I know Dave, which I I have studied his work over the last 15 years pretty intensely, if I know Dave, there's a very real possibility that we will be led to believe that it is Ezra only for it to turn out to be somebody else and for Ezra to show up at some other point in the story. Um, We know that Ezra shows up in the series. He's been cast. So we we know that he's coming. Now, there's an argument to be made that in the first season, if it's a multi-season series, which it probably will be, that... um, maybe we've already seen his entire involvement in this, in this season, which is the hologram that's in the trailer. Right.
0: Um, I don't think they would, I think,
1: I think that that's a bit far fetched. I don't think that that's the case, but some people have thrown out like, what if that's all we get is like him in him in holograms and stuff. Um, Or, and then like a tease at the end of the season or something like that. Possible, possible, but I don't think so. Um, I don't think that he will show up until the final episode. Most likely. Um, if, if not that, then like in the second to last episode, he shows up right at the end and then is in it Mm. for the full, for the full final episode. Um, I don't think that he will be there from the beginning. He is the MacGuffin, right? They're, they're trying to track down Thrawn in order to find Ezra. I, I think so. This is the other theory that has been put out there. Heir to the Empire, the Thrawn trilogy involves clones. Clone Jedi, right? Specifically a clone of Luke. Now, mm. cloning Luke, having a Luke clone in the series uh, in, in I shouldn't even say in the series, in the Mandoverse of, of stories, right? Whether it's on Mando or Boba or Skeleton Crew or Ahsoka or whatever else. Um, interest, an interesting idea but I think a better reinterpretation of that storyline would be for there to be an Ezra clone and that Ezra clone could very well be this inquisitor. So that to me is, is another like very like, like that, as I talk about that, that's likely like that is a, like that's exactly the sort of thing I think that Dave would do, which is to reveal that the inquisitor is Ezra only to reveal that Ezra isn't Ezra, but is in fact a clone of Ezra and that Ezra is somewhere else. Right. Right. Um, And for us to get sort of that, that bait and switch, I, 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 that is, that is entirely within the realm of possibility. Um, How likely is it? I don't know. It's a bit of a pipe dream, I think at the same time, like it's a little bit like, like, I don't know. It's exactly what everybody wants. Right, i mean is, is the way the you kind of stuff
0: but the way you kind of pitched it though i mean it kind of sold me because i had my thoughts and then when you said yours and you're saying that they were far-fetched they kind of you kind of convinced me on hey they could go that way um my pipe dream is um and it's not necessarily the character from legends um as it was written in legends and i'm kind of burying the lead here a little bit to entice you but i'm um, thinking uh I just want to see this actor um, in live action in Star Wars because he deserves it. And it's uh, Sam Witwer as Galen Merrick (laughs) in some form in actual canon, like a canonized version of that. Um, I would think it would distract a little bit too much away from Ahsoka and more to your point about whether or not this is a flashback or not. Um, According to the trailer, I would think that it is present day because there is that scene sequence uh, that we see where he she is fighting an inquisitor, and it's not the orange bladed uh, baddies, if you will. So I will I will put some more money on the fact that this is happening present day as opposed to a flashback. But man, you may have convinced me otherwise regarding the. Um, I mean, and then the other side of it too. And this is without uh, playing Jedi Survivor, but uh, you know, uh, Cal Kestis could also be a potential. But that's just again, like these are just like. Pipe dreams that uh, are just mm-hmm. like fun to speculate, but more to the point of the story and how Dave Filoni actually writes his characters and whatnot. I think uh, I kind of dig that reverse on the Luke uh, with two use um, yeah. idea um, with Ezra because I think that would have uh, some potential for the future of uh, this franchise. So here, like this that.
1: this this is my one thing with the Cal Kestis. Idea, which like I want to see Cal Kestis in live action as much as everybody else, uh, maybe even more than some others, because uh, because I I love that character. Um I don't think they'll do anything with him on these shows until after the third game comes out. True, I, I and and the way that Jedi Survivor ends, like there's definitely a third game. Um, uh, it's just a matter of time. Uh, they'll they'll close it out. They'll they'll do this. I mean, and also, hey, uh, it made a bajillion dollars. Like like the game sold very well. Was very critically well received. Uh, we haven't really talked about it that much on the podcast. It's fantastic. Um, it it continues one of my favorite Star Wars stories, uh, which is Fallen Order. That Survivor just just keeps on going. Um, that's awesome, and has some wonderful developments in it that, that make me quite happy. So I, I, yeah, I mean, like, I, th- I think we're like the, 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 the closure on that storyline is it will come in the form of a third game. I think to have Cal show up on something like Ahsoka right now would undermine whatever that story needs to be. Totally. Um, yeah. Cause yeah, it's sort of uh, survivor definitely puts us in like an empire strikes back sort of position by the end of it. I don't want to say anything else cause I don't want to spoil it. Cause I know that it takes people time to get to video games, but I don't um, have a PS five. So yes, <laughs> there you go. I don't think that it's too spoilery to, to say, I think that there's an expectation that that the second story in a trilogy would be the one that sort of, ends on a down note, which like it doesn't, it doesn't it's there's uh, the story is complex. And one, one of these days I, I, I think Joe and I will probably do a spoiler cast, um, to talk about it, but, um, but yeah, I, there will definitely be a third game. His story needs to be concluded there before we can jump ahead in time and figure out what he's been doing if he is in fact still around post a new hope. Right. Um, so yeah, I, that's, and that, that's my only reason to rule out Cal. Um, and I think, I think honestly, it'll work out really nicely because they'll, if they do another five year jump with, with the third story, um, then, which I don't know if they'll do quite that, that much time, but if they do another five-year jump um, and then we, and then we get a little bit of a break after that, before we see uh, Cal in live action, um, he could show up in the era that we're playing in right now, even if we're talking about years from now. Uh, Cause I don't know this Mando stuff isn't going to end anytime soon, by the way. Um, right. I think, I think at that point, point cameron monaghan will be at an appropriate age to be aged up to the the age that he needs to be in order to portray cal post return the jedi right um because i think right now they were it would be a bit of a challenge to to he's because he's a fairly young guy right i I think he's he's younger than us so um i i i think like having him because because i think I don't know. I'd have to do the math. I mean, here's the thing. He's the same age as Kanan. Um, I, I talk about this all the time. The two of them absolutely had to have crossed paths at the Jedi temple before the clone war started. They are the same age within, I think, I think I, I looked it up. It's like within a year or something like that. Um, Cause we know both of their ages pretty well. So uh, they're like within a year of each other. They absolutely would have crossed paths at the temple. Um, which oh. I love. I love the idea that Cal Kestis and and Caleb Doom were potentially friends before the Clone Wars started, um, and that they both kind of go off and are these like secret Jedi that are out there, uh, right. uh, training, you know, and 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 uh, fighting Inquisitors at the same time. It's one of those things of like, if only if only all these characters knew that they were all out there. Maybe they could have done something, but also it has to play out the way that it plays out. But um, yeah. So so I don't know. Cal Cal kind of has the potential to to carry on the legacy that that Kanan, uh, uh was a part of. I mean, obviously Ezra also carries on that legacy as well. But that's one of those other places where like I really want to see those two characters interact at some point. I want I want to see Cal Castis meet Ezra Bridger and for the two of them to have a conversation and for Cal to be like, you know, I knew Kanan, <laughs> like, like I knew Caleb doom. I didn't know him as Kanan, but I knew Caleb doom. That'd be and, so cool. Uh, like for them to talk about that would be really neat. But um yeah, I mean like that's all this is, this is the stuff of fan fiction until it becomes reality. Right. So it is what it is. But there there's there's a lot to speculate about. But here's the thing. It's actually not that far off. We're talking it's August that we're getting Ahsoka. And yeah. we are we are already fully a week into July into June. Uh yep. that is like we're talking about like a couple of months. We are within striking distance of this series. Um I I wouldn't be surprised if a trailer is coming soon. Uh, I expected actually to see one on, on May the 4th. Uh, I like a, like another, another sneak peek or something like that. Um, along with some skeleton crew. but we didn't really get anything on man. May the 4th this year was a real letdown, wasn't it? It just kind of, it was just kind of like, here's some stuff yeah. to buy. And that was kind of it. I don't yeah.
0: Kind of. I guess a, we got, we got visions,
1: meeting. right? But
0: we got but, visions. Uh, we got, a. Uh... I feel like we got something else on Disney plus, but uh, uh, young Jedi
1: adventures we got. Uh,
0: that's what it was. Well. Yeah. I mean, and I, I've seen a few episodes of that with the girls and that's about it. But um, yeah. Yeah. Do you think they'll, um they'll push on the marketing uh, with uh, the passing of Ray Stevenson a little bit more about his character or do you think they'll just keep that close to the chest? It's kind of a, it's kind of a pivot that they will have to do for the next couple of months if they go that route.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it depends on how big of a role he was actually going to play in things going forward, right? Yeah. Um which is, which is sort of yet to be seen for us. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how they handle that. I mean, I'm sure that the first episode will be dedicated to him. Yeah. Simple stuff like that. But, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, this is the thing. We really don't have that long to wait. And then we're going to be in it. And we're going to be talking about Ahsoka. So, yeah. look forward to that. But uh, let's get into it. Let's talk about Obi-Wan. Uh, let's do it. Let me, let me give the details. So, part two, directed by Deborah Chow. Uh, once again, uh, uh, written by uh, Joby Harold, Stuart Beatty, and Hossein Amini. And, uh, you know, starring all the usual suspects. You and uh, 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 Moses Ingram, uh, Vivian Leroy Blair. Uh, and in this episode... We get That's the introduction. Of, uh, uh, yeah, we get the introduction of Kamel Nanjiani uh, mm-hmm. as as a Haji Esh, uh, H- Haja Haja Estri. Um, and uh, and and we do we do get a wonderful wonderful cameo from Tamura Morrison. Uh, just a, just a little brief thing, but man, what a what a wonderful so surprise that was! Uh, getting that little bit there. Um, again, a connection into Ahsoka. The rumor is that he's back and he'll be in it as, as Rex. But I actually find that hard to believe based on the way that Tamara Morrison was talking recently about book of Boba Fett. And, uh, he was kind of, he was kind of slagging Lucasfilm and Disney a little bit, but that's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they had planned a season two of that and now that's not happening. Uh, Listen, I, a lot of stuff's not going to be happening for the next little bit because there's a writer's strike at the moment, Mm -hmm. which I, 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 you know, is I, how do I say this? I, I mean, like I fully support the writer's strike. I'm sure Marty, you are, you're on the same, the same page. I, the writers deserve to be paid and I, I please keep AI away from these stories. Um, I'm not worried about Lucasfilm. I think that Lucasfilm's gonna be fine, but but the whole um, streaming model, dodging residuals, doing things like removing Willow from Disney Plus, uh, you know, there's all there's all sorts of nonsense going on right now uh, in Hollywood, and uh, yeah, so all of our shows, all of our movies, everything is gonna get delayed the so way it's gonna be it's gonna it's really really gonna mess with things um but this is a natural consequence of the studios being uh what's the word for it i'm trying to think oh yeah that's right greedy capitalist uh jerkwads. wads um, mm-hmm. so you know um, and
0: there could be a potential with um the screen actors guild having a strike scene yep. too because yep. they're on the yep. verge of that so i feel like nothing's yep. going to happen until that pot- eventually happens and then hopefully that yeah that'll fixes itself
1: yeah that that will um an actor's strike will force the studios to have to do something because they can shoot without writers they shouldn't but they can Mm -hmm. um but you can't shoot without actors so uh yeah it's uh I think I said this. I think I said this on another podcast. I don't remember, but um, I the the ultimate outcome of all of this is that we will have ads on streaming platforms. There will, there will be advertisements, um, and I know that there's there's a bit of sort of playing around with that at the moment, but I think that that's ultimately what we're going to end up with. Is that is that there will be commercials before and after episodes of things. There's just no avoiding it, um, and, and personally, I I don't know. I I think that that makes a lot of sense. Um, I think that that works. But I I anyways, we'll we'll see we'll see how everything goes with strikes and whatnot. I uh, it is definitely going to affect. <laughs> it's gonna affect these Star Wars shows, um, and delay yeah. stuff. Next season, of Mando, The next season of. I, I, you know, whatever else it's, it's all going to be affected, but. Um,
0: I hope they wait though. I, I cause I, it, it's one of those things for me where doesn't anybody remember what happened in 07 and 08, like the, the movies that came out, the shows that came out. Um, I mean, as great as breaking bad was, that first season was only six episodes because of the writer strike. Uh, Quantum of solace was a terrible James Bond movie because of the writer's strike and so on and so forth. So like, if things need to cool down, let's just cool down, at least in terms of Star Wars, cause that's the stuff that I care about, I guess. So like, you know, let's just wait, you know, and or season two, you know, if Tony Gilroy can't be on set. Okay. Wait for him. Just, just wait, if, uh, not a Star Wars um, uh, film, but Hey, if Ryan Reynolds can't ad lib on Deadpool three, let's wait. <laughs> Please just wait.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. That's all I'll say.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, I do remember, and I remember the great shows that were killed as a result of the writer's strike. So, yeah, I uh, yeah, it's, um, it, it, yeah, it's no good. It's no good. So hopefully, hopefully it all gets resolved soon. And, um, I just, I like, I think the, the actors just should go on strike. They should, they just need to like, fast track that and make it happen and then force the studios to come back to the table and make new deals, um, and, uh, and sort it all out and, and some fairness needs to come into it. But, but uh, like I said, I think that this results in the studios needing a new revenue stream for these streaming things. Cause it's just, the reality is that streaming platforms, Netflix, Disney plus Apple TV plus all of it, they're not sustainable. The, uh, the amount of content that needs to be produced versus the revenue that gets generated. It just doesn't, it, the math just doesn't work out. Um, I mean, like if, if executives took smaller bonuses and, and didn't pay themselves so ridiculously, it might be a little bit closer to, to working itself out. But what's the reality on that happening? Very, very low, very low likelihood. So, um, this will, I think, end up resulting in them putting a lot of advertisements onto these platforms. Um, and, and I think that it will have an option, right? It's like hey, I, you know, get it for $9.99 a month with ads or get it for $20 a month with no ads. Um, but yeah. even then, I mean like that as somebody who, who, who deals with media and ad revenue, um, on a, on a daily basis in my job um in in marketing like they stand to make way more money selling ads on these shows than they do increasing your um subscription fee it's just it's there's not even a comparison so they'll actually want people to stay at a level where where they uh where they have to see ads um, right and I just think about it because I mean like I cut the cable cord, years ago now uh like basically uh man right at the beginning of the pandemic i guess because it was right after arrow ended uh pretty soon after arrow ended i we got rid of cable and um i don't see ads for things other than when i'm on social media like that's how i learn about products now is through social media not even on youtube because i pay for youtube premium so that i don't see ads there so um yeah, I really don't see a lot of traditional commercial advertising, um, and and my mom will say something. She'll make a comment every now and then about like, "Oh, this commercial." i be like, "I don't know. I don't see commercials. <laughs> like, I've I I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, if they didn't do an Instagram version of that commercial, I didn't see it. So, I totally. I yeah, it's a I, I think about that a lot and I think about the fact that there are a lot of us um, in our generation and certainly the generation after us that uh are just not being advertised to in the same way. And so there's a big opportunity there to recapture a market by putting ads on streaming platforms. I think that's where we're going, but we'll see. Time will tell on that one. Uh, let's talk about Obi-Wan. Uh, part two. Part two. So we... we 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 jump right back into it. Obi Wan arriving on Dayu, and uh, immediately uh, reminding us that he hasn't done this in a while. As he walks up to just like some random, uh, uh official at the the dock at the at the the port, and it's like, "Hey, I'm looking for the ship," and the dude's like, "Man, you're on Dayu. Nobody here wants to be found." <laughs> like. That's not <laughs> that's not how things work here. And it's like Obi Wan, you used to do this for this used to be your job. You don't wind up on a planet like this and go like, oh yeah, okay, this is like a this is like an Al-Hutta or an Ord Mantel or you know, like this is where people go to hide. This is where they go to not be found. So um he's gotta he's gotta get back into that attack of the clones detective mode. And uh, yeah, I a mean it's He's a little rusty. It doesn't take him long, though. It doesn't take him long to shake it off.
0: Um, no, it just, uh, yeah. He's uh, he just looks like an old man looking, for, you know, like he's complaining that he has no cell phone bars on his pad. To <laughs> the, the transport, yeah. you know. Um, I think it takes a uh, little uh, puncture in the hand to kind of wake him up a little bit, which we'll get to, I guess. <laughs> yeah, um,
1: he, um, he, uh, we we get the cameo from Tamara Morrison, which is not really like not it doesn't really it's it it, it, this is a true cameo people say cameo and what they mean is like oh that character showed up it's not a cameo if the character affects the story it's not a cameo i this clone trooper is a cameo it this does not affect the story this is literally just oh look it's Tamara morrison he's a clone trooper the clone like this is what the empire has done to the clones. Um, And really, it's honestly, it's there for those of us who are also watching Bad Batch, who are also watching Book of Boba Fett, right? It's not, this, this scene is not there for the Obi-Wan Kenobi story. It definitely gives us a little bit of insight into him as a character, because he, there's a little bit of, um, there's fear immediately, right, of like, oh no, this clone trooper is going to recognize me, and then There's a little bit of a sadness after that um, of like, oh, like, look, look at what's happened to these men. And then there's also, I think, a little bit of a realization for Obi-Wan of, oh, he didn't even recognize me.
0: Yeah, it's all at the same time he plays that part, that scene so well. And yeah, I I mean, it's it doesn't affect the story, but it affects the overall, like, just vibe of the uh, story, which I appreciate. And it's a great moment.
1: That trooper should absolutely know who Obi-Wan is. He's is a 501st trooper. Yep,
0: that's that's one of
1: Anakin's troops, right? Yep. That guy should know who Obi-Wan Kenobi is. Does know who Obi-Wan Kenobi is. But it's been so long and he is so not himself at this point in the story. I think that's the purpose that this serves for the Obi-Wan story. Is to show us that like... These guys, like this guy, who should recognize him, doesn't even recognize him. And then we get, we kind of get that reinforced later with with some of the stuff that Leia says to him. Um, we go from there to another uh, another surprise appearance. Uh, I, I I am fairly certain. Uh, let, me, let, me, let me double check it, but That's I'm pretty sure. Yeah the 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 girl that uh that offers to sell him some spicy yeah, aston mcgregor is is um that's ewan mcgregor's daughter i i which they we've got it's the great line of i was someone's daughter once too" or whatever she says yeah um and it's it's funny because there's there's a meta thing going on there
0: but um well, yeah they, they say the words like daughter like at least three times to each other like i'm looking yeah. for my daughter and it's like i used to be someone's daughter like blah, blah blah and it's just uh so meta it's like the i think the one of the most meta Scenes in any Star Wars show. Yeah. As of, um, great, great job, and she's a good little actress. She did uh, really good in that scene, you know. And like the first time I saw it, I didn't feel any vibes of a child acting with her actual dad on set. That uh, yeah, that was good. Yeah, yeah. The one, the
1: character is a is a. Uh, I mean, it's a it's a it's a bit of a dark character. I mean, this stuff that she says it's a little intense, um, uh-huh. but. Uh, uh she gives him some spice puts it in his pocket says this one's free i uh, i you know trying to get the guy hooked uh and then uh and then and then this this other kid jaco comes up and is like i can help you i like i know a jedi and he he can help you and this is how this is how we get led to uh to to uh, uh haja um Uh, Kamel Nanjiani's character now this character such a a a a great surprise um in 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 this series when we heard that Kamel Nanjiani was going to be in Obi-Wan I was like that's cool that's exciting I like Kamel." um and then uh and then I was like oh what kind of character is he gonna play is he gonna he's surely he's not an inquisitor Um, and then, and then to have this be the character, I love the introduction with the, with the, using the force to close the window shutters and pulling the comm link to them. And then the, I am entering your mind. Uh, it's all, it's really good because it's definitely, um, a bad impersonation of what a Jedi actually is. And, uh, and at first, like we're led to believe at first that this character is, um, just out for himself that he's a that he's a criminal and and he's a he's a con man, but uh, we'll learn later in the episode and certainly later in the series that not everything is as it seems all the time. Even even the things that aren't what they seem to be on the surface. Are also not what they appear to be under the surface either, uh, I love the layers of of the way that this character is written. I think I this is one of those pieces in this series that I think is criminally underrated. this this totally. piece of writing, I think is actually really, really clever that at first we're led to believe at first it's just a it's just a good joke. and then we're sort of led to believe that this guy's a con man. We shouldn't trust him. And then. Uh, We even get sort of a a fake out uh, partway through the episode when the bounty goes out for Obi-Wan and Leia Mm -hmm. um, and the line of like, well, let's, let's get to him first. Uh, And we think that this means, you know, that he's going to cash in on the bounty only for it to be revealed that actually Haja is a heroic character. He's just, um, he's just, he's he's working within the confines of the world that he's in um uh, in order to do good i but then i mean ultimately in his scene with um with uh i uh riva i he's he's like truly heroic i mean he's he he's willing to make a sacrifice Mm -hmm. um put his life on the line to be honest uh, and uh, surprising that he survives the encounter. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a uh, very surprising that he survives the encounter, but um, yeah, I mean, he has to, so that he can come back later. Uh, Haja is a character that I would really like to see again. I, I, as we get other stories that connect to the path, um, that, that, that potential is there, but, yeah, I I really really want to see Hajj again in something in the future. Um, how do you feel about this character?
0: Uh, he's just delightful. Um, he was uh, as, as soon as he got cast, it was kind of coming off of the heels of um uh, the Eternals, and uh, in that film, he kind of got uh, marvelized, if you will. Um, and so like I was wondering, mm-hmm. like even though he played, you know, a kind of because Kumail kind of has a very distinct, um uh way of acting i guess um he plays very distinct type of characters and even in the eternals he played a kumail nanjiani type character and it was like for me i was thinking like which way is he gonna go is he gonna go more uh rough and tumble with still some uh jokes here and there or is he gonna go kind of completely the opposite and uh, or just play something different because that could also happen he's an actor (laughs) so um I was so happy to just from the entire tone of that first encounter, just as soon as he started closing the blinds and he used the magnets and I'm entering your mind. I'm like, this is amazing. Uh, I, I'm so happy that we're seeing this type of character in a, just in star Wars to you know, the fact that it's in an Anobi one series is just a plus because then he gets to interact with a character like this. And then, like you said, how he's actually, it's kind of a perverse uh, Robin Hood, if you will, where he's kind of robbing from the poor to save the poor, you know, a little yeah. bit. But um, it's great because he, you have that thought where, oh, he's just taking him out uh, to in Indian park in a tournament. No, he actually is saving that mother and child. Yeah. So uh, great character. Love it. And uh, would love, absolutely love to see more of him.
1: I love I love the line towards the end of the episode. Like, do I, do I, do I love credits? Yeah, I love credits. You can buy so yeah. many things with them, yeah. and it's, <laughs> that like, was great. it's like so good. And I forgot it's about Obi- that line, not Obi Wan's like like movie. focus, you know? <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> totally. Um, just a note here that uh, that 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 child that he is saving, uh, in this episode is very specifically Koran Horn. I that's uh, right yeah which is awesome I when we get we get further we don't get anything in this episode that reveals that but um but we do find out later on I think I think it's in I I guess this is in the next episode isn't it um when they're when they're seeing the path and um
0: where everybody right see the path in the next one I believe but then I think when they all get together it's like a little bit down the road, like I think episodes four, maybe even five when they're all kind of together, but maybe, but it's, but it's It's, it's where they have, it's it's where it's
1: where it's the scene. I think it's, I think it's the next episode. It's the scene when they, they see where everybody's written their name, where everybody's like, like Uh, like left an inscription and he sees that Quinlan had been there. um, Yeah. yeah, Which is, which is another one of those threads in this series that, that needs to be followed up on. But, uh, uh, but we'll see, we'll see uh yeah we gotta get quinlan eventually um
0: and something hey maybe he's the inquisitor in uh ahsoka Oof, man
1: <laughs> yikes no that dude that dude, that that inquisitor no. is not jacked enough to be quinlan boss no uh, no you're right no 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 i quinlan, just like to be sometimes. shredded. <laughs> yeah yeah quinlan's got to be shredded i uh, hey who would you who would you cast as quinlan boss Cause that's I know instantly question. who I would cast. I know instantly who I would cast, but who would you cast as Quinlan boss? Oh, that's, um, Jason Momoa. Yeah. hundred percent, a hundred percent. That's exactly what that I was would... going to
0: say. No, yeah. really? Wow. Okay. Yeah.
1: yeah. Cool. Because, because there's literally nobody else to play that character. Uh, yeah. maybe if we if we if we rewound about 10 or 15 years Lenny Kravitz maybe uh, I after I uh, you know his his uh, his role in um uh, the Hunger Good Games, Games films. Yeah. Um but but even then I mean like like Lenny Kravitz has the look I mean like I think I would think that even a little bit of Quinlan is modeled after Lenny Kravitz uh, to a certain degree but can you imagine I mean like Momoa and and Ewan on screen together would be electric. There's no, if if you've seen Fast 10. I still haven't. Oh my God. I will though. Listen, Momoa is worth the price of admission alone. And then the rest of that movie is is, uh, just ridiculous fun. Um, uh, I love the Fast movies, but uh, he's so, so, so good in it. Uh, he he gives like a like a an all time like top one hundred villains in film uh, performance wow. in that movie. He's it's a he is one of he is one of my favorite bad guys in the last like twenty years easily. Uh, That's awesome. Uh, he's
0: okay. I, yeah, I put now. him in
1: like the top ten. He's super super good in Fast Ten. But I uh, yeah I mean like I I can just because the thing about Quinlan and Obi Wan is that they. They're a, they're a great team, but they hate working together. It is mm-hmm. the perfect buddy cop dynamic. And the episodes of Clone Wars where we have Obi-Wan and Quinlan together are some of the best. And, uh, man, I would be making that if, if you... You know, people do the thing, it was like, oh, if you woke up tomorrow and you were in charge of Lucasfilm, what would you greenlight? And it's like season two of Obi-Wan, where he meets back up with Quinlan, easily, hands down, hands down. That's that's exactly what I would do. And I would be on the phone with Jason Momoa, going like, come be in a Star War. Um yeah, because I just I think I think that their dynamic together would be just so perfect, so so perfect. But uh, yeah, that's 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 my that's my dream casting for that character.
0: Uh, I can't believe I got on the first. Like I wasn't yeah. trying to guess yours, but I was just trying to like think like. No, oh, yeah, would who would I be right? It? For I it, thought right? about it. I thought yep. about it a couple times, but I'm like, well, oh, now that I'm on the spot here, let me uh, <laughs> do a hail Mary, and I. A- that's awesome. No, it was, it was, uh, yeah, yeah. Jason Momoa would be absolutely perfect. And I could, uh, I would love to see him in a star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. He
1: would crush it. Um, so I, so from there, let's see, we end up, we end up, Obi-Wan finds out where to, where to look for the kid. And, uh, he goes to the, the lab, right? Yeah. He goes to the lab. Uh, and, I. I mean, like, you know, this is where this is where it feels like he's starting to kind of get his mojo back um and uh he 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 creates a distraction with an exploding uh uh breaking bad uh canister or something or other so glad you said that yeah (laughs) and uh i love it because like as everybody is going over to see what's up he he bumps into the guy takes his key card and and then starts walking through, and this is where he ends up in the fist fight with the with with the two guys, one of which is a Zabrak, who he punches in the side of the head, forgetting that Zabrak have horns on the side of their head, <laughs> and he so perfect. He hurts himself. He hurts himself pretty bad, but uh, uh, yeah, it's good. It's good. It, it there's there's just so much of the story that is show don't tell with with Obi Wan and where he's at, and I mean like in right. the last episode. He did tell quite a bit of like, I'm not, nope, I can't do it. I'm not the man I used to be. And then in this episode, it's like, yeah, he's, he's actually, yeah, he's not actually the man that he used to be. um But, but also listen at the height of his powers, right? Top of his game. Well, I shouldn't say the height of his powers cause that's going to come later, but, but pr- up until this moment, his, the t- at the top of his game during episode three, fighting general Grievous, he does attempt to sweep the leg only to find out that, that Grievous is in fact entirely made of metal. And that that was a stupid idea. Um, which yeah. is one of those moments in revenge of the Sith that always makes me chuckle a little bit. I like it. Like I, I like that it's in there. Cause he's like, I think that his expectation is that he's dealing with like one of the battle droids, right. Which are top heavy and, you know, easy to knock over. Um, and he goes to, to try and sweep the leg on, uh, on Grievous, only to just be like, "Oh my shin," um, <laughs> I which which also like whenever I watch that, that reminds me of when he's fighting Django, and I, I oh, not good, yeah, yeah, and J- Django, Django gets him with the cable, and yep. then he sort of wraps it around the thing, which then forces Django to come and basically like kick him off of the platform and it's just like um yeah obi-wan obi-wan as much as he is uh uh, very good at his job is uh you know he's he's a little bit prone to let's call it bad luck but uh
0: well what they kind of did was uh i remember they uh were talking about in the behind the scenes of attack of the clones that they would uh kind of uh they were a little bit influenced by indiana jones uh, mm-hmm. During the, that fight scene in particular, and I think uh, throughout the rest of Ewan's kind of reign as the character, he's kind of kept a little bit of that, and uh, and we're seeing it here in this scene. And uh, I did I, I love the, the the mini little hallway fight that he has. Um, it's rough and it's not perfect. And what I appreciate it too is that you still see that it's even though it's hand to hand, he's not fighting with a lightsaber. Um, it's a defensive style of fighting where he's using the opponent's weight against themselves. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then he just slips his hand on some horns.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's a, he's capable and he gets the job done, but not without taking a few licks himself. Uh, and then he busts into the room and uh, only to find out that it's a trap uh, and flee, has an, uh, fleet playing playing the same character that he always plays in everything um needles. which is just I think himself <laughs> yeah he's just needles yeah uh, i uh he's so great in this uh, it's such great casting to have fleet be this 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 uh this skeezy kidnapper drug dealer
0: spice. I think that's his actual Um, costume too. Like, it's not like wardrobe from, you know, star from Lucas. No, that's just how he showed up that
1: day. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) exactly. They're just like, you know what? Just go in. Um, you're good. Yeah. I, I, and I love the, the, um, the, the Chekhov's spice jar in this one that uh, we got set up earlier and he, he just tosses it on the ground and, um, uh, and then these guys are just, yeah, <laughs> messed up on spice. Uh, Let's just say
0: messed up. Yeah, that's a it's a kids' yeah. podcast, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, and then and then Obi Wan then sort of like that, now we're into like the actual meat of the episode. Obi Wan does find Leia, mm-hmm. and uh, and and you know she doesn't really she doesn't really trust him at first. Why would she? No, she's been kidnapped. And here comes this weird, grubby old man, <laughs> in her eyes, uh, and it's like, is is this guy actually here to rescue her? Or, um, but I love it because it's a little bit of a callback, call forward to Luke mm. on the Death Star. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. You're you're who? And it's like, I'm, I'm with Ben Kenobi. And then that's the thing that turns around. So it's just, it's, it's, I love it. I love the way that this is set up of like the first time that this happens, she's like, ew, gross. I'm not going with mm-hmm. you. Um, and then we get, they get out of there and then we get these great scenes in the market. Um, uh, the one of her, she's like, well, let's go. And she turns around and there's just a giant alien standing in front of her. And she's like, uh. <laughs> yeah. And he's like you're going to do what I say and she's like yep. Um and then proceeds to not do anything that he says. And uh and obviously the cape scene is one of the best moments in the series. Um when she's buying the, they're buying the cape and she's got the gloves and he's like put those down <laughs> we, we don't need those. And she's just putting them on and he's like and she the doesn't gloves. say anything such yeah, a dad moment too. it's such a so dad perfect. moment it's like um buy the gloves i guess um well because it's either
0: it's, just, it's either by the gloves and get out of there quicker or yeah. have an argument a potential argument with a 10 year old <laughs> yeah yeah uh so good
1: yeah so i i yeah such a great moment and then and then we get um i don't remember if it was before that or after that we get the the thing of like how old are you she's like 10 is like, you don't talk like a 10 year old right um and uh yeah just all these moments of him being like how am i you are just the reincarnation of your mother like you're just literally you are just padme 2.0 I, I i love i love all of those moments um just the there's dynamic also um, between
0: these two there's also another moment uh it's kind of coming up in around this area where uh they have that moment in the alley and she's looking at her broken Lola droid. And, uh, he's just dismisses it immediately. And that's when he realizes maybe I should, you know, take a little kinder hand towards and, you know, maybe ask her about, uh, you know, what happened to her, which is one of my favorite moments. And it's just the planting the seeds for the future. Uh, of their relationship especially by the time they get to the next episode but this is where you know the beginning of that relationship is starting to blossom
1: mm-hmm. yeah absolutely um and then i guess i don't know i guess that the rest of this is just the chase right like it just kind of like it just keeps escalating right the bounty goes out there's not i whenever we get into like the deep action stuff like this, I always kind of like, like in terms of discussion, it kind of starts to, to thin out for me. This happens on bad batch as well. It's like, yeah. And then an action sequence happens. Um, and it's like, unless, unless, yeah, (laughs) unless there's something like really important that happens within it. Um, I don't know. I guess the main things to talk about here are the rad dinosaur bounty hunter.
0: Super cool. Beat me to it, man you've you yeah. Raptor bounty hunter uh big shout out for that and where, where's yeah. his action figure or or her action figure um i would love to see that um yeah oh one real quick online that i remembered uh was uh from leia was uh when she was asking about trying to get you know try, you can you're a jedi you could float things i want to float that such a great you know daughter line <laughs> you know like you you could do the thing do the thing right now
1: yeah <laughs> yeah Um, yeah, again, like a lot, a lot of like setups and payoffs in this episode, I, I make me float and then, and then he makes her float at the end. But, I, I, yeah, I mean like that's sort of like, it all kind of culminates in that she's, he's the bounty goes out. She sees the bounty thing. I don't know. i this has always kind of been like, I'm kind of like, okay, it's the way that the episode's got to play out, but it also is kind of like, I don't necessarily understand why she sees that and then goes, you're a bad guy. I guess it's just the way that a 10-year-old thinks, right? It's like, well, if there's a bounty out on you, then you must be a bad person. And and instead of like thinking logically of like, uh, yeah, I I don't know. I guess I can kind of see it from both sides, the more that I talk about it, because it is a little bit of like, well, if my father sent you, why is there a bounty out for you? Because she doesn't understand that this was actually all an elaborate trap set by the Inquisitor's, to capture right. him. Right. Um, that she's actually not the target. That he is. She's just the bait. So she doesn't have that part of the picture yet. Um, but yeah. They kind of. They're they, the the, the they being chased. And then she sees the bounty puck. And then is like oh no you're a bad guy. And she takes off. And now Obi-Wan is chasing her. While the bounty hunters are chasing him. And it's just chaos in the streets and on the rooftops and this is exactly what what uh riva was hoping for um and in here we get we get the inquisitors showing up and being like and the grand inquisitor being like what are you doing this yeah i didn't give you authorization sort of thing um and her just being like sassy at him right and I. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, that'll come back. <laughs> that, again, more setup and payoff in this episode. Um, they get to the rooftops. She jumps. She falls. He catches her with the force. And then somehow gets down to street level super fast. Super fast. Uh, but that's fine. Well, oh, uh, you're
0: talking about Obi-Wan, get getting Obi-Wan getting down there yeah. fast? Yeah, yeah, he does. Um, yeah. I, I, I I love that moment. It was uh, kind of interesting on my on my first watch a year ago when um, you know th- they were obviously leading to something you know there's uh, he's not using his lightsaber he's uh, using a blaster he's not really using the force and uh, I think it's really evident in this moment as to why because he hasn't really opened up to the force until this moment so that was uh interesting to me and then um I mean we could keep going to the uh after the rest of the episode before we get to the actual final real beat but um but yeah it's the the action for me in this part I will say um is the part that worked the least for me and I would say for the entire six episodes um and what I mean by that is the um I think uh it's uh when we're seeing Riva kind of doing the parkour over the uh, rooftops it kind of just felt like um like the office, you know, a little bit, um, uh, where it was just uh, it was almost like a little over the top. There was a couple moments where you could really tell that it's, uh, you know, wire work and, and maybe a couple you know, speed ramps with editing would have helped with that. But I don't know. It was just there. This is uh the section of the episode that really made me feel the COVID. Uh, way of shooting that they did because it felt like everything was kind of compartmentalized there's moments with riva by herself there's scenes with the inquisitors but they're they've you know the stormtroopers were there to kind of separate everyone so like the entire street is completely empty because it's in the volume so those are like these are kind of like the moments that i started to feel like this th- this would uh probably be more crowded or there's just uh some some of the action just definitely felt like we need to do this to make it kind of look cool but then you know if you want to flip it to you know in universe we could uh make it seem like this is what reva would think would be a what a dark side user would do with her powers is you know mm. you, you know go because there was a couple moments i don't know if you feel the same way but there's a couple moments especially near the end where she's kind of using a pole and a wall to kind of Flip and she does a backflip where all she just yeah. needed to do was really just jump forward and it was just uh, over the top and in a negative way for me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It 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 definitely does go a little bit a little bit far. Um, it, I th- I think the biggest thing is in in the moments when it's like more effort to do what yeah. she's done than to just keep running. Yeah, I just one I, step, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could have been a little bit more straightforward, but but at the same time, they just wanted to do some cool stuff, I think, and you know, um, show off some force powers. I I get it, I get the inclination, and maybe it just didn't execute as well as it could have. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, it it, it it like honestly, like to me, like if that's your biggest problem with the series, then then that's fine. I think yeah, that the series is pretty successful. Exactly, if that's point. the biggest problem, right? Um, exactly. It's my not really point. Yeah, a story.
0: Yeah, it's probably my, like, and as much as I love the character of Reva, this whole kind of section, up until the very end, because the end is great. Um, this is probably my least favorite scenes with Reva. But again, yeah. it's not her. It's it's just kind of the execution of it all. And yeah. it is what it is. Moving on. And we get some good stuff. Totally. But, like, it, it's one of those things where, like, you could kind of see, I guess, retroactively now, like, when this premiered a year ago when there was the first uh, two episodes and you are kind of left with these two episodes um that's where maybe there's some there could have been some backlash you know if i want to play devil's advocate a little bit but at the same time like it's it's not worth it so anyway i don't want to go down that path but that's all i have to say about that and i could you know go back to love and Reva after this (laughs) it's uh it is one of those
1: things where it's like i get why i get where some people come from with the like oh, this this show is such a, it's got such a TV show budget. And it's like, well, yeah, that's because it's a six-part miniseries TV show. It's not a movie, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, oh, well, they should have given it more money. It's like, well, but they didn't. This is what they budgeted for the show. That's what they budgeted for the show, and this is what they shot. And this is what they could do. And, like, it's does it affect the story? No, it doesn't affect the story. Get over it, right? Like, right, it still looks better than 90% of the other stuff out there with a comparable budget. Um, oh. just like Mando does, right? And does it look as good as Andor? No, but Andor actually, um, let's see, avoids a lot of Star Wars in order to get rid of that problem. Uh, and, and, you know, like, like there's, there's an aspect of Andor where it's like, I, I, cause people want to like level the same criticisms that are not the same. Like they want to, they want to put these two things side by side. And I don't think that's fair they the, the productions went totally differently. They built the entire city set for Andor, right? Like the, the, I can't remember the name of the city, but, um,
0: Oh, man, I'm blanking on it, too. Yeah,
1: whatever. This isn't an Andor podcast. I They built that whole thing, and then they just shot it from different angles and, like, used it creatively in order to make it seem bigger than it was. Um, and then, you know, extended it with CG when they needed to for establishing shots and stuff. But the reality of it is that you got a bunch of people in jackets walking through that stage, right? It's mm-hmm. not like it's not like that's populated with a bunch of aliens, right? Like it's really not, it's just, it's a bunch of humans, uh, with like two aliens in the whole thing. And like a droid or two or three, right? Like it's really like, like so much of so much of the vibrancy of star Wars is stripped out of Andor. And we get, we get these little, like these little moments of it, these little bursts of it, like, uh, the beach scene in the one episode. The beach scene. Um but really like that's the most like aliens and other creatures and otherworldly stuff we get in that series. For the most part, we are on sets in very closed environments. I mean we spend three episodes pretty much in the prison. It's the same three sets. It's the hallway, it's the workshop, it's the the their cells, right? Their books. Right. Um, and there's a there's a couple of other little spots here and there, but for the most part, we, we spend three episodes in those three locations. Um, that's that's a creative way to you know shoot your show for cheaper, uh, uh, while making it look bigger than it is. Um, yeah. So I mean, like I, I think like I'll give it to them. Creatively, they made smart choices on Andor. In order to maximize their budget um, and really, I, I get the most out of it. But at the same time, there's a lot of Star Warsism that is compromised in Andor because of the story that they're telling. But also, I think just because like Tony Gilroy didn't want to do that stuff, he didn't want to do aliens and animatronics, and like there are no, there are no. Important characters in Andor that are non-human. That's weird in Star Wars. That's that's actually incorrect, right? Like it, like other than other than B two, like there are like there are no other lead characters that aren't human. Everybody else is a human. When like yeah. there are opportunities, there were absolutely opportunities for him to put in characters that would be other species, but he didn't want to. Right, like they didn't want to in that show, and that to me, like it's it's one of those things where it's like as great as the show is, it's a really great Blade Runner show with a Star Wars skin on top of it, um, as opposed to what Obi Wan is in my opinion, which is a really great Star Wars show. Like this is a really great sequel to the prequels, um, like like it's a continuation of Obi Wan's story. I would love it if there were actually more aliens in this one. Um, as as we've talked about with some other stuff like with Mando and whatnot, I some of these episodes that get really weird are like my favorite and 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 the most fun that I have with Mando. but I, but like Mando, the thing about that show is that like, man, let's get weird with Star Wars. uh, let's fight six different dragons over the course of this season. You know, let's let's go to a weird, you know, uh, pleasure planet where nobody has jobs and everybody just hangs out because the droids do all the work, and go to a droid bar, and everybody at the at the party at the beginning they're just they're weird aliens and weird people and weird costumes and playing weird croquet because it's an Alice <laughs> in Wonderland reference, just right. all that stuff going on, and it's just like, and that's not the only example of it, right? The the season one or the sorry the season two premiere with uh with the Gamorians fighting in the ring and all of that stuff that goes on there and the the the, the, the dog creatures in, in the darkness and that's like that's like the first five minutes of an episode that then goes on to be about Mando getting the humans to team up with sand people to fight a crate dragon, right? Like it goes as grandiose as Star Wars gets, as we've talked about I think, in the past the Marshall is one of my favorite star Wars movies. Like it's a mm-hmm. self-contained story. Like, obviously you need to have understanding of Mando and Grogu and all of that stuff. But in terms of it being like a perfect episodic self-contained thing, it's just like, I will just watch the Marshall. I won't like it. not in the course of a rewatch. Just I'll just randomly decide to watch that episode. Cause it's so good. And it's, Same here. and yeah, like, like, I don't know. I just look at it and it's like, they use the budget where it makes sense to use the budget. And um, there's a lot of it. I think they get saved for the final episode in that fight with Obi-Wan and Vader. Uh, but I don't know. I, I, I've never particularly felt that Obi-Wan was a cheap show. Just that it's not on the level of one of the films. Which is like, it's just that Star Wars sets too high a standard. I think that's the problem. Is that people just like yeah. they want it? They want it to come in with these shows and and match the level of the films, and like the films, the films have have years to get one scene right, whereas this like with these TV shows, it's the timeline. It's not even so much the budget as it is the schedule. I think because the time, there's yeah. so much of it right. that like if we had more time, you could fill this out more. But Dayu to me it's so diverse it's like it's populated with so many new aliens the the raptor bounty hunter that weird like big-legged creature uh the thing that that leia turns around and like is like confronted by like there's all these creatures in the market when she's running through i just to me i like i look at that and i just go like well, there it is. Like there's like there's the budget right there. That that's there's a lot of work there. There's a bunch of practical yeah. effects on screen. And then you get then you get people whining about the show. And I'm just like, I don't know what you guys want. In the next episode, we're gonna get a phenomenal Mole Man animatronic character. So good. The performance that we get from that character is so good. Um I just, yeah, I, I I am just always in the position of like, I don't know what people want. I clearly don't know what people want because this show gives me everything. In every episode, it gives me everything I want star Wars to be. It does such a good job of delivering on what I think star Wars is and should be. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's the series is one of my favorite star Wars things. So, you know,
0: yeah. uh, Well, more, more to your point though. It's, you know, I think what, uh, uh andor's kind of missing if you will is like the kind of the flash Gordon of it all and yeah. you know where you know with flash Gordon there's you know those aspects where you could see the strings of the ship a little bit you know there's there's that uh kind of you know low budget kind of like let's make you know pretend this is fun you know so like in my brain that's how I kind of excuse if you will like you know the, the you know the, the scenes you know where Hey, you know i could kind of feel like she's you know doing a cartwheel for no reason you know on these rooftops and everything or even by the time we get to like episode four there's a lot of uh in a good way just flash gordon of it all where it's just very um uh, saturday matinee serial type of uh, storytelling and that's star wars from day one so hmm. yeah but yeah, um absolutely yeah
1: um I guess that just brings us kind of to the final scene, right? Which is uh, Riva catching up with them on the dock. Uh, We kind of already talked about it. Haja intercepts them and, and, you know, shies them away from the port and sends them up to the, to the, the, the dock, uh, the cargo dock um, to the unmanned ships and, uh, and sets them on their way um, to, to meet up with the path. We don't really know that yet, but that's, but that's where they're going. I, she catches up with them. By extracting the information from Hodge's mind, uh, and uh, in a very Kylo Ren fashion, and uh, I, and then you know Obi Wan tells Leia go get on the ship, take off without me if you have to, um, get to safety, and then has this confrontation with Riva. She's about to find him, and then the Inquisitor, the Grand Inquisitor, shows up. And all of a sudden, you know, she's got two enemies now, and one of them is more important to deal with in this moment than the other. Uh, and we get the surprise moment of stabbing the Grand Inquisitor, uh, and everybody lost their minds. Oh, they <laughs> I was about to
0: ask you, like, what do you think of that? But like, yeah, the, oh, you're so right. Yeah, they're Everyone breaking
1: canon. Oh, this is retconning Star Wars Rebels. First of all, here's the thing. 90% of you people that said that... You're not listening to this podcast. But but 90% of the people out there, I'm saying this as if they were. They're not. Those people don't listen to me talk about Star Wars. I know that because my audience is only the smart, cool people. And not the big Star Wars dum-dums out there. I... I people can't get mad at me saying that because I literally just said that, like anybody that's listening to this isn't included in that. You guys are all the cool ones, but I I all the Star Wars dum dums were that were complaining about that. You guys, none of you guys liked Star Wars Rebels. Now you watched every single episode so that you could complain about it, and now all of a sudden it's like oh they're they're retconning Star Wars Rebels. How dare they? And it's like I'm sorry. I recall everybody saying this is stupid Disney Star Wars when Star Wars Rebels was on. I'm not going to mm-hmm. watch that stupid Disney garbage. What happened to the Clone Wars, right? And it's like um it got canceled and that now this show is on and it's awesome. That's what happened. I uh, yeah, but everybody complained about it and and griped and moaned about it and uh and then all of a sudden now it's sacred i just it it drives me nuts the (laughs) the um just like the the complete yeah like there's just like it's not even i don't even know if it's hypocrisy I, i don't think that that's really the right way to characterize it as much as it's just it's just this like it's just lame it's just lame
0: it's trolls, man. Just yeah, trolls being trolls. Like they and... just
1: want to complain about whatever, and it's like just admit that actually you liked it. Yeah, you, know, you just like you just like all Star Wars, and you're just trying to be cool and have an opinion uh, on the internet. Just, just you know, you can be cool and have an opinion on the internet without being uh, a a a big jerk that complains about everything. It's possible.
0: It is. I have a I have a curveball question for you. Um. As good as uh, as good of a job as Rupert Friend did, mm-hmm. do you miss Jason Isaacs?
1: Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. But but also, I uh, not the right guy to play the character in live action. So like I like I understand it. Um, there's an aspect of that where I think that people forget that that. That human beings age (laughs) and that like from the time that jason isaacs was sort of there was a minute there where he was in everything right he just showed up in like a million things all at once i from the time that that happened and then he voiced the grand inquisitor in star wars rebels and then obi-wan happens we're talking about like a 10-year period here right and, uh, and I think that people are looking at it and going, like, they're thinking about Jason Isaacs in, like, the Peter Pan movie, because he played Captain Hook. He's my mm-hmm. favorite Captain Hook. Uh, he's so good in that film. He's so, so good in that. Um, they're thinking of him, like, at that point in his career, and not at the point that he is in his career. He's, he's significantly older. And I don't think that he would have... Um, I just don't think that the look would have been right for him yeah. in this. And also like, I don't know, maybe they did ask him like, we don't know, like we don't know that maybe they did true. ask him and he said no. Cause it was like, do you want to come do this? And he was like, I've seen that character. You want to, you want me to sit in a makeup chair for three hours? I don't want to sit in a makeup chair for three hours. I don't want to do that. And they went, okay, cool. We'll, we'll find somebody who true. does. Right. Um, and as we ta- I think we talked about last week with the with the makeup for for the Inquisitor, the Grand Inquisitor. I have this thing where I just call him the Inquisitor because for the first season he was just the Inquisitor, right? Of, yeah, he was Star the Wars only Rebels. one. Yeah, um, but I, I we talked about like the look and like you know his 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 Powen look versus the powens from Revenge of the Sith, and it's like, well, we're talking about like we got a TV series to shoot here as opposed to a five minute scene that equates 30 seconds. To, like to a total of 30, <laughs> 30 seconds of screen time for these yeah. characters. Um, you know, and you know, like on a film production, right. It's a very different, very different asks, very different, very different lifts, right. In terms of production. I know that, you know that because you have experience with film production, but people who don't have experience with productions and realizing that like schedules are actually the biggest part of that the the number one reason something didn't work in a movie was time it wasn't it wasn't laziness on the part of the filmmakers it wasn't a lack of budget it wasn't you know uh, incompetence or anything like that it is it is almost always yeah we didn't have time that's that's literally what we had time for so we did what we could Right, and so the more time that you have, and on a on a film, you have significantly more time in pre production, and then you also have more time during the production in order to get these things right than on a TV series where you know we've got six hours to shoot, uh, and you know only so many days to do it in. Right, so um, yeah, I it's it, I, I don't know I I think for who the character is in this series, Rupert friend does a, does a fantastic job. Um, I no complaints from me, but cool. I, I understand why some people don't necessarily jive with it, but, but, uh, but for me, he absolutely works. I love it. I love this twist of him getting stabbed. Cause I just love the idea of like, I don't know, whatever he got better. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Uh, Vader was, you know, amputated yeah. f- on every limb and uh, and then burnt alive. And he's still kicking, you know. Darth Maul got cut in half, you guys. He got cut in oh. half and thrown down a reactor shaft, and he's back. Yeah, and nobody rescued him, right? He just got, <laughs> yeah, he just got thrown out with the trash ended up on a garbage planet and made himself some spider legs out of trash and survived out of sheer spite. <laughs> like, like just, just out of anger and a desire for revenge. Like that's it. So like the dark side, you know, it's a, it's, it's a powerful thing. What is it that he says? Revenge is a, is a great motivator or whatever. I think that's what he says, right?
0: Yeah. Something um, like that.
1: Something along those lines. We'll talk about it when we get there, but, um. Yeah, it's not that big a deal. It's not that big of a deal. Again. Yeah, it really isn't. Fantasy, you guys. Fantasy. S- sometimes, s- sometimes there's a little talking frogman in in this series. Not in this TV series, like not in Obi Wan, but in like the franchise. There's like a there's like a little talking frogman, and he's. He's the smartest character in the whole thing. That's where we're at, okay? So, like, just put that in perspective. That there's a little frogman. He's a puppet, and I uh, he says the things that are like the smartest things in the whole thing. It comes from a little frogman. Uh, yep. so, yeah. So, like, relax way. about it a little <laughs> bit. I think is what I'm saying is like, don't take it so seriously. It's Star Wars. Um. Just have some fun with it, but uh, yeah, I I love it. I love I love this twist because it's not something that we would have seen coming, based on the fact that we know that he survives this. So yeah, when he comes back later with Vader, it's like, uh, uh, yeah, it's good. It's good because Vader Vader doesn't have a great relationship with the Inquisitors. They work for him, but he's, he's he doesn't like it. He's arrogant, right? He's Vader. He's like, I don't need the Inquisitors. I can do this myself.
0: Yeah. He's forced but, to uh, work with them. <laughs> yeah. Um, final beat. You think uh, you want to talk about the, the final reveal for yeah, Obi-Wan?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's where we're at, right? Is that, is that, that Obi-Wan learns that, uh, that Anakin has survived and is out there, is Darth Vader and is hunting for Obi-Wan
0: and, uh, such I love a that great, we got an answer to this. I love it so much. Because yeah. before this, it was always speculatory that he just survived and or knew that he survived. And you know, but we actually got the answer in this show. And I think yeah. more back to your point, I think people missed it or underestimated it. Like that's a that was a reveal to actually get it canonized that he thought that he died on that shore. That he thought that for, and Anakin for, was dead. Yeah on that for, lava planet and yeah
1: for 10 years he ten thought years. that for 10 years he thought that he had killed his best friend brother slash son <laughs> right yeah. like i uh, yeah he yeah he thought he thought that he had committed the most atrocious act that one can um in in having to murder someone that he loves and uh yeah, he's been living with that for 10 years only to have it revealed. In fact, you're wrong. He is alive and he wants to kill you. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to take you to him sort of thing. Yeah. Um yeah, and then so we good. get the and then we get the great great final moment, that great final shot of Anakin opening his eyes. Uh Which, yeah, we talked about it last week of, like, oh, maybe Vader should have, like, we should have gotten a scene of him, like, dispatching them and whatnot. But it's like, no, they wanted to save it for this moment, and I think that's the right call. Watching it again, I'm like, no, that's the right call. It's so strong seeing him in the tank, and he opens his eyes, and the breathing and all of it. It's so good.
0: Everything about this, for me, worked. I will say, though, except, and you might disagree with me uh, the music. Um, I feel like the final beats where they smash cut over to Anakin in the tank, Vader in the tank. And, um, just the, the, the music just felt just off. Um, maybe that was the intent, but, um, maybe I was looking more forward to, you know, just, uh, not even an Imperial theme, you know, um, but just, something just felt, uh, off. Like it was just, um, like they were trying to make it more like a horror movie type of like reveal like it was just you know just bomb you know and it didn't really work for me to be completely honest however it's a we're talking nitpicks on that but uh, overall um i love the reveal i love the smash cut um i do miss uh, going back to what i said last week i do miss the star wars wipes transitions but uh this is a perfect uh, way to you know, not use them. It's a perfect example of how not to use wipes. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I the, I the music doesn't bother me in this scene. I, I I don't know. It also doesn't really stand out to me, but but uh, it wasn't a problem, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. So, I don't know.
0: But, uh, no, overall, great. Um, I love that we got the, this reveal, um, and it's definitely setting up the next episode and uh oh boy i cannot wait to talk about that one
1: <laughs> yeah uh yeah ne- next week's episode's uh a, a really good one so uh yeah i'm excited to talk about that uh there's a lot in the next one I, there's a lot yeah. in all of these i i'm i'm amazed re-watching this and going like okay so that's yeah that all happens in one episode that's that's i mean, this episode, I think is what, like 42, 44 minutes. It's not even a full hour. And yet it covers so much ground. And then the next episode, likewise, it's like a 45 minute episode. And we're going to get the the conversation, the conversation about, are you my, are you my father? Uh, I, I, the, the whole, I, you know, I Nazi sympathizer, truck driver, I, the, the, introduction of um of indira varma's character atala uh and then yeah like like the path all of that uh and uh and then and then vader shows up at the end like like right. and and obi-wan and vader fight they have a, they they do have a lightsaber fight in the next episode um all of that happens in one episode it's wild it's crazy how much is packed into this next episode so I so, yeah, look forward to that.
0: Anything else on this um, one
1: before we close it out?
0: Uh, the only thing I will ask is um, I don't know if you want to do this now or maybe wait for another couple more episodes, but uh, did you ever uh, consider for the show to possibly rank them, like which episodes you liked more, which episodes you maybe didn't like or didn't connect with. No.
1: Cause it's, cause it's just all one thing for me. Like, it's just, there's no, I, I don't, I don't, it's not like Mando where I can go through a season and go like, Oh, I really like this story. Or I really like this episode. I really like this moment for this one. It's like, no, this is all one. This is all one thing. They, none of them to me stand on their own. Um, and I, that's by design. So I don't hold it against the show. It's absolutely right. meant to be. Uh, a, a, a complete story so to me it's it's so serialized in that way that it's like I don't know there's no there's no point for me to rank them I do I mean like I'll say it, the final episode is the most fun to watch right like totally. that one like that's the one but I that's how it should be it's all a build up to that payoff of the two of them dueling and, uh, and all the, the great moments with Obi-Wan and Leia that are in the final episode as well. So I, uh, yeah, but, uh, but I mean, I think every episode in the series has a moment. That's like, Holy crap. Every single episode. So I, uh, yeah, like, I don't know. I just, I, I just love the whole thing. Start to finish.
0: Love it. No, I just like to sometimes challenge you. Have of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hope yeah, that's yeah, okay.
1: Cool. I, uh, well, I guess that's it for this episode, right?
0: totally uh, Yeah, i think uh, we nailed it
1: yeah uh thank you guys for listening uh thank you marty again for joining on this My one pleasure. and uh and we'll be back next week we're we're gonna take a break after this next episode right We're gonna, and then we have one week off um and then we're gonna come back and do the and do the final three episodes so that's the way this is gonna break down but uh yeah we'll be back next week with part three I uh, which I think is a nice that's a, it's actually nice we'll like talk about the, the Obi-Wan Vader duel and then and then we take a break and then we'll come back. Um right. But yeah, I as I said thank you guys for listening. Uh thank you for supporting us. Uh and uh and we will catch you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Thunderquack Force Perspectives. Our opening theme is composed for us by Christy Carew. Follow Force Perspectives on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Force POV, and join us on Discord at thunderquack.com/discord. Support the show by visiting us at Patreon.com/thunderquack to get early access to episodes. Leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast service, or buy merch at store.thunderquack.com. Force Perspectives is a part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network.